We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too good. That was good. Roll on. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there, hopefully. Welcome to the live Eurostep here on YouTube, part of the Eurostep Podcast Network and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We're pretty sure we're live, but we didn't do a still to go live, so we'll find out. Let us know in chat if there's any issue, but we are thrilled to be here to be live on good old YouTube where you should subscribe if you have not already to discuss the Milwaukee Bucks potentially trading for Jordan Clarkson, one last move before the season gets underway. As Rohan just told me a couple minutes ago, preseason is like barely a week and a half away. So the 22-23 season is drawing near, but we have one last piece of off-season content. Rohan, my wonderful co-host, how's it going? Doing well, yeah. A week from this coming Saturday, uh, October 1st, is going to be the Milwaukee Bucks' first preseason game against the Memphis Grizzlies at home so yeah it's it's good to be here but my goodness it is it's it's really crept up up on us yeah yeah no kidding i thought we would have more dead time to do stuff we're gonna have to fit in some of our season preview pods but you know we will uh in true gspn fashion we will make time for this but excited today and check out gspn.info for make time for this our pop culture pod and everything else that we do but today Excited for a singular pod topic. It's been a while since we drilled down on any one thing besides Eurobasket as Giannis and Greece participated in that. But we're going to talk about Jordan Clarkson, who's kind of a hot button issue. There's been no specific reputable buzz between Clarkson and the Bucks yet, but pretty obviously the Utah Jazz are selling, right? They've already traded Rudy Gobert. They just traded Donovan Mitchell to the Cleveland Cavaliers, loading up the Central Division. They still have Bojan Bogdanovic. They still have Jordan Clarkson, a couple other players. Obviously, Joe Ingles already signed with the Bucks. He was a free agent, uh, traded last year, actually, after his injury. But the Jazz are tearing it down. They want picks, assets. They don't probably care all that much about Jordan Clarkson. 
should the Bucks is the question we're here to answer and not just answer, but debate as I recently became very pro trade for Jordan Clarkson. And this works because I don't know if you're as anti Jordan Clarkson, but you're certainly pro Grayson Allen. And as we'll talk about, Grayson presumes to be involved in this trade if it were, hap- were to happen. We'll, we'll investigate that fully. But what are your uh, what's your initial take here as we get started on Jordan Clarkson before we dive deep into his actual game? Actually, here I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop it right there. Give me give me the good first. Let's start with some good time. The good is the man is a bucket uh, in the playoffs and in the regular season. So back to back postseasons with Utah, the Jordan Clarkson experience has not always been great. The shot selection is not great. The defense. Clearly is not great. We all know this. But very consistently, 17.5 points per game over his last 17 postseason games with Utah. And actually the season before that, too, he was just under that at 16.7 points. In that time total, Clarkson is shooting 45% from the field and 35% from three. Those are, again, the last three postseasons. Two years prior, he was not very good with Cleveland. But the new, more modern Jordan Clarkson has been consistently productive. He doesn't get a ton of assists, like one point, or excuse me, yeah, one point seven with the Cavs on the over those three postseasons. And the three point shooting is just okay at thirty five percent. But that scoring production is real, and I think if you look at the Bucks' last playoffs and what they needed the most, it was just more points. They just needed someone else to put the ball in the basket. Another weak link defensively, I don't think would have crushed the Bucks in any real meaningful way. But I think adding that scoring would have benefited more from, you know, not looking at deeply at his fit yet, but just as a general, what does he provide? It's scoring. That's what Jordan Clarkson does. He can do it by himself. He doesn't need to be set up by the offense. The Bucks do not have enough players like that, especially coming off the bench. And I think Clarkson would be an ideal sixth man for this Milwaukee team. See, here's the thing, Ty. You you do bring up a good point. The Bucks do not currently have a lot of guys who can go out there and create their own shot, right? So obviously what you're talking about with Jordan Clarkson, that is very, very reasonable. Of course you want guys like that in the playoffs. Or or do you? Do you actually want more guys like that? Ty, if, you, if we're talking about getting, uh, and we'll talk about an actual framework of a trade later, but if we're talking about making a significant trade for a player such as Jordan Clarkson, do you want that type of player who's going to be taking a lot of shots, high volume, high usage guy around a 27% usage rate for Jordan Clarkson? Do you want that kind of player, that kind of guy on this team? Is that actually a good thing? We just talked about this with a player like Dennis Schroeder. Obviously, Jordan Clarkson is levels, levels above Dennis Schroeder in terms of um, um, overall play style, just general as a player. He's levels, levels above Dennis Schroeder. But can the same argument not be made? It's a, it's a similar archetype, is it not? I think it is, but it's just about a player being better. And I think also there's got to be a certain level of trust in Bud to be able to rein in a player like that. And I think certainly knowing what Bud prefers out of players, I, I think we'd probably be safe from getting way too much Jordan Clarkson, right? And I think... You know, limiting his minutes with the big three, especially in the playoffs, is going to be important. And there's certainly going to be some clunky fits and, you know, some possessions where you probably are saying, really wish that was Chris Middleton shooting that ball instead of Jordan Clarkson. But on the other hand, I think 
even even knowing that, even knowing some possessions will quote unquote be wasted, I still think it would be worth it to add a player like this because I think it's it's there's more positive in the possessions he's doing, even if you're losing some other scoring possessions you'd like in each game on offense, versus the negative of too many possessions where there's just no good shot gotten. Like, right, there's a worse shot than Jordan Clark isoing and ignoring Chris Middleton. And I think we do see that in the offense fairly often, whether it's, you know, Giannis being tired and not having any other options and taking two threes in a minute or, you know, kind of crazy Drew iso or whatever it may be. You know, I think there certainly is a negative there and, and there's a chance that the fit just doesn't work. But also, I mean, I think he's coming from a team that had – a star player ish in Donovan Mitchell and you know Mike Conley ish. and Bojan Bogdanovic. What? Ish. Okay, that's ish. a that's a different discussion. Is he a top three Cavalier? Is he a top two Cavalier right uh, now? It's a di- it's a different. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, really? Yes. That firmly. Yes. We'll see. It's a di- it's a different discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do that later. Um, but no, I think even I think it wasn't that big of a negative there because I again I just think. There's more upside, positive value in having better possessions in the ones that Clarkson can use versus some of the other options. The George Hill, you know, not being able to do anything for the last year or so. Um, Grayson Allen just kind of floating and, and not being involved enough. I think we know you're going to get consistent scoring more often than not with Clarkson. And that is worth the risk of some possessions being quote-unquote wasted because some possessions are already being wasted. Okay. That's very, very fair point. It's, it's, you, you need offense at some point. Like we saw in the series against Boston last postseason. Once Chris got hurt, you just you ran out of guys who can create a shot. Yeah. And I, I agree with that sentiment. I guess that's the question, though. I want to drill down on that before we go any farther. Are, is it an overreaction to Chris getting hurt? I think a little bit. A little bit? A little bit. But it's also maybe not an overreaction, but it, yeah. it is fair. Like You notice these things. Once there's something bad happens, you want to prevent that from ever happening again, right? Yeah. So you see, like, this team, if it loses one shot creator, it's Benito, almost. They almost won that series, whatever. Yeah. But I, I think you're, the you're exhaustion after far. that, I mean, certainly you get a, an e- a maybe an easier series the next round, but... I don't know if the toll it was taking on Giannis and Drew and company, I don't know how long the playoff run would have been, but they clearly, like, game seven wasn't a close game, right? Like, yeah, it's bad. Yeah, so you want to prevent that sort of thing from happening again. So you say, hey, we're missing, like, another shot creator. Let's go get another shot creator. Jordan Clarkson is available. Maybe we should target him. Well, what type of shot creator are you really getting? I was looking into some of his uh, shooting splits this past season. Uh, 77.9% of his two-point field goal attempts were unassisted, which is fine. Like, that that's fair. Like, he's, he's a bucket getter. He does that type of thing. But that's very, very skewed towards two-pointers. If you want to look at a percent of his three-point field goals that were unassisted, it's 32%. So whenever he's starting to create his own shot, he is going for twos, not going for threes. You're not getting as steady of a pull-up three volume as you would like to get. And that you run into the same issues that you have because a lot of the guys on this Bucks team are preliminary like drivers. They like to go inside. They like to go operate in the mid-range area. Would you not want to save your assets to maybe get like a prolific three-point shooter as well? 
Yeah, I think that's probably the the best counter to Clarkson is that he's just never been a I would say even for his volume and average three-point score, there's some seasons where he's like 36, but he dips under it pretty often. I think that is the biggest weakness, and certainly that's the biggest issue. Because I think I most want him for the minutes without Giannis and where like at least two of the big three are sitting. Because then you're like, yeah, just go crazy. Just go score you know, 10 points or whatever when we're resting a couple of guys, and that's perfect. That's great. But then the issue is you also, you know, you don't want to acquire someone if you don't want them to play with Giannis. I think that's a general rule for the Bucks, and, you know, it's probably a good one for them to have. And I, it's not that I don't think Jordan Clarkson could play with Giannis, but I do think the more members of the big three you add, the trickier the fit gets. Because unless he's on the ball, and again, has not been a great passer in his career, if he's not on the ball, you, do, you can probably leave him, right? And he's not going to help you a ton defensively. So I think there's limited upside in him like being ever a finisher for this team or becoming a starter for this team. I think he is just under contract for one more year. It's not like he'd be in your in your plans for years and years, I don't think, if you got him. I do think that's probably, for me, the worst part. I'm not even that concerned about the defense, which we'll probably touch on here in a second. But And Pav just asked a good question in the chat that we'll also – we're going to do a whole – what would a trade actually look like bit later? I think that's a really interesting question, honestly. Um, but it's the shooting that is probably the biggest issue just because, like, if he's off ball, our team's just leaving him. Like, can he be a good, like, cutter and guy who gets to the dunker spot? I just don't think we've seen that very much. It's just not been his game. Uh, maybe he could, but I, I wouldn't bet on it. So I think that's probably the the best the best counterpoint. So it really – I think you'd have to have a very defined role, and I think, thankfully – this Bucks team, this Bucks org has kind of excelled at that and like putting guys in a spot and just using them. I mean, before they cut him, I think Boogie was kind of kind of analogous to this, honestly, in terms of just like we're not going to over rely on him, but there's a role here and he can get us some points and we'll take those points. Yeah, for sure. It's you're going to have to mold a role around him because he's not like an all around great player. Those are very those are very rare types of players in Jordan. Yeah, Wilson, like. He's not one of those guys. That's no disrespect. It's just more of, is it worth it realistically? Yeah. Can you, is it, is it worth upgrade, like making this move, taking away a guy who you signed to an extension and a guy like Grayson Allen? So is he that much of an upgrade for this team specifically than Grayson Allen? That's my, that's what, that's, that's the next thing I really want to talk about because even though Jordan Clarkson is a way better player than Grayson Allen, has proved that he is a better performer than Grayson Allen, uh, is he better for this team than yeah. Jordan Clarkson? So the question is is almost – I mean, I know we're probably higher on Grayson's defensive upside. I don't know if it's – I don't know if he's as much of an upgrade there to make that a full point or not. I think this really comes down to scoring versus spacing. I think that there's one that Grayson does better and there's one that Clarkson does better. And I think, you know, we could, we could, we've, there's a lot of good theoretical um, Grayson Allen stuff, but we just haven't seen it materialize enough. But I will say, even as someone lower on Grayson than you, I don't know if I'm lower than consensus, but I think relatively medium to low overall on Grayson Allen. The spacing is real, right? Like teams can't leave him, and that's probably his biggest benefit. And, you know, uh, in all honesty, the reason he was brought in, 
He's not a microwave scorer. He had the even with the Bulls series that we've talked about a lot, still it was like 8.5 points per game for the last postseason, when clearly the Bucks needed much, much more than that overall. And I think he will look better with Chris around, hopefully, and, and all the other guys. But, you know, basically half, right? Half of Jordan Clarkson. But does Jordan Clarkson provide even half of the spacing of Grayson Allen? So I think it, it's an interesting discussion because it, you're not – it's almost like they're not they're not doing the same thing within the team. Like they're – it's almost like you're trading a kind of a uneven fifth starter for a good sixth man who cannot be a fifth starter. Yeah, and that's that's where it sort of gets dicey for me, right? It's Yeah. Like it's 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 something I'm grappling with. Also, uh Jason in the chat, would he be eligible for any bird rights or something similar? No. He yeah, he would. How long was uh, his deal with uh, Utah? Uh three years with a player option. Uh if it was three years, he'd have bird. Full bird or part Three is full. Oh, okay. Two is early. Three or more is three or four is full. I'll 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 double check that now. But that would be that would be. I mean, even if it was early bird, you'd be able to match what he's making, kind of like what they did with Bobby Portis, or pay the the average player salary. So I mean, they could theoretically re-sign him to at least a solid contract if they did retain him. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You'd be able to. You would be able to sign him to a new contract. You wouldn't be locked in, but yeah, you could. That's a that's a good point made there. Yeah. But um, but yeah, yeah it's, it is, he would have, you would have bird if he was on three consecutive years. Okay. Sorry, go ahead. And this is uh, chat out Eugene and chat. Are we confident that Grayson will have a better shooting postseason though? And that that brings me to what I'm talking about. I am confident in Grayson Allen. You mentioned this up top. I'm high on Grayson Allen. It was a bad series. It was a bad series against the Celtics. Sure. It was really bad circumstances. He was overextended. He, he was asked to do a lot more than what his role would usually dictate. And he was playing against maybe the, one of the most physical defenses outside of Milwaukee's that we've seen in recent years. Like, It's really, really bad matchup for him once you have to go up against guys like Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, those type of guys. That's different than going up against literally any other team in the East. Like if you're... If you're playing the Cavs, for instance. Maybe Miami. Even Miami, like Tyler Hero? Like, less so now. Less so post-PJ, that's for sure. Exactly. Like, you're not going to – Jimmy or Bam is, is not going to be on him. Like, geriatric Kyle Lowry's not doing anything. <laughs> like, it's, it's like if you look down in the in the East, like um, like Philly, Tyrese Maxey, James Harden, is that a really – dominant defensive backcourt no like trey young Dejounte murray Dejounte for sure but not yeah. trey young uh like darius garland uh donovan mitchell not necessarily defensive <laughs> stalwarts it's a bad matchup it was a bad matchup for him so i think grayson allen will be able to rebound from that series he still did because, shoot like 39 percent from three for the postseason by the way even with that yeah, series because he went nuclear in the bulls series. yeah i mean that does help I think, which again, I will say, is the postseason. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, it's less of the postseason that matters to the Bucks than the Celtics series, but still the postseason. I think it's more. It's not about expecting him to be anywhere close to that Bulls series regularly. I think the the expectation should just be he is out there for more more spacing than scoring. He is going to open up space around Giannis because you can't you can't really leave him. If you leave him wide open, he probably will make you pay. It's not like. 
you know, I don't think his issue was he wasn't like he was left wide open and couldn't hit shots. He was just like generally ineffectual. But the Celtics still, I would, I would not say they just like abandoned him. They just they just covered him like moderately well, and that was that was too much for Grayson. It's really looking at what do the Bucks need more is like pure points to keep them in, keep them scoring when Giannis sits. And it really, I mean, we can talk about all the offensive players. For the Bucks, it usually does come down to Giannis sitting. Like, that's it. And I, I don't know. The more we talk about it, I still like the idea. But I, I do see the counter. It's more like, do you trust Wes Matthews slash Marjan Bochamp to be a good enough starter over the next – combined over the next three years that you don't really need Grayson? Because I think if yes, then I'm more open to getting Clarkson and to just focus on – the bench and having that sixth man score. I'm not confident in Wes Matthews. I'm very high in Bochamp. If you have not I'm seen like, the workout videos, bud, that man is grinding. Young. He is, but father time catches up with all. It's uh, true. Hopefully, hopefully not. Bro. I hope to be wrong. I hope to be uh, me wrong. Me too. Uh, but yeah, it's I'm I'm not as confident in Wes Matthews going forward. Yeah. As like uh, as a fifth starter, and it's just sure. too early for Marjan. It's way too early. We haven't seen him play a minute of actual NBA basketball. But yeah. that should change next week, which is wild. Yeah, it is. Uh, uh, so just to, just to sum up what I feel so far, I just I don't necessarily think it's an upgrade that the Bucks need to make and necessarily will be a better fit for their team than what's currently on the roster. I think I'm I'm kind of in just because and we talked about this with John Wall and the MLE combo during free agency and he's clearly not John Wall, but I I'm so excited at the thought of just another like plus and not a playmaker but a scorer, a plus offensive player. Like we the Bucks just even Bobby Portis who we all we all love Bobby offensively. He's not averaging High teens or mid mid teens, we'll say points per game with the Bucks right now. Like it's it's closer to ten, and I do just wonder like what does that open up for everybody else if you can just drop in somebody who's good for seventeen a game in the playoffs. And he's probably maybe he's not getting that anymore on, on this team. It's probably you know less minutes, like we mentioned, a more confined role. But even with the spacing concerns, like is that still enough of a net positive for? Maybe even lineups with him and Chris where he's able to open up the defense a little. Even not being a great playmaker, that space could result in Chris getting better shots. Like I think even without the spacing, there's a potential plus for Milwaukee's offense and just the pure offensive talent that I would like to see. Because I think you look around at the team right now and it's like we had this whole Drew-Chris thing talking about you know their, their games and how they scale to the league or translate around the league. I do think like just reliably efficiently scoring off the dribble is probably it's it's not either of their best skills. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not. So, I mean, what 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 could it do for those guys? And Giannis, if you just added someone who could. I don't know. I mean, it it, it would like that that is a very fair point. I obviously would be in favor of the offensive upgrade. Another thing is—is is Bud really going to play that? Girl, go to that style? It's a good question. Because we we saw like if we're talking about Grayson Allen and his offense, they shifted away from him at the end of the season. He lost his yeah. starting job to Wes Matthews going into the playoffs. I don't know. Have we have we ever this, had? This is always going to be a defensive first team as it long is. as Giannis and Drew are here. Oh, totally agree with that. 
I, that's why I don't think he would close games. I think there's a firm cap on what Jordan Clarkson's role would be on the Bucks. I don't know. Have we ever had a real analog for this, though? Like, when's the last time the Bucks had a true bucket getter? Like, role Shabazz player. Shabazz Muhammad. <laughs> so I was going to say Michael Beasley. It's oh, been that a while. works, too. No, Shabazz is more recent, isn't he? Uh, he might be, but I looked at Bees as a better. I think Bees was just better. Greg Monroe. Uh, not the last version of Greg Monroe they had, but um, I guess Bobby was fourteen point six in the regular season last year. I shouldn't shouldn't take shouldn't take that away from him. I thought it was a little lower, but then he was ten point six in the playoffs. Yeah, and that and we've talked about in the past his offense is what failed him in the playoffs, not his defense. Yeah. Um. But I I don't know. I just keep coming back to this. It, there there is no real analog for this, which is tough. In recent Bucks history, um, I'm gonna do a poll DJ, in chat. DJ Augustine. Let's, let's see. But he just sucked, though. He was bad. I, I I'll have to look at what he scored the year before they got him, but I don't think it was Clarkson level. I'm doing a poll in chat so people can vote. I'm I'm wondering what the consensus is here. Um, so far, as we continue to go, I think we should talk about what an actual trade would look like. Somebody asked about Jay Crowder. We can we can circle back to Jay Crowder. Um, I think, and who was it, Pav earlier asked, uh, could another team give up more slash better assets? Like, which team would beat us to the punch? Yeah. The uh, answer to that. Way, DJ Augustine, 10.5 and, and 11.7 in the two years before. Yeah, he, he just, he, he wasn't, didn't have the juice like that. I mean, let's, what was Clarkson's last couple seasons for points? I, I just had postseason up because that's what I'm more, con- I think that's the bigger issue. I think regular season, it's pretty easy to drop a guy in. 16, 18, uh, 15, 15, 17, yeah. yeah. So it, it he is more prolific a scorer, obviously. Like he, this is a guy who's been in contention for sixth man of the year and won. He won, he, it, won right? he won it twenty twenty one. Was he? Was it? Didn't he and, and Ingles win it together? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we basically we'd it, have the whole the whole twenty twenty one sixth man assembled. Yeah. Also, that's another point. Why do we want to bring more jazz guys? Like that clearly didn't work. I mean, it worked in the. Uh, I don't know. It worked in the regular season time. No, I was gonna say in the well, kind of. I was gonna say in the awards races, it worked. Ty, we're not about awards here. We're about we're about champions. I wouldn't hate some awards for this team. I usually get snubbed on them. It wouldn't be the worst thing. But no, I I agree. I agree. Um, do you want to talk framework of a trade? Yeah. First off, I, I guess I'll throw it to you. Do you think is there anything realistic that doesn't involve? Grayson, and does that change how you would look at a potential trade? Not really, because Grayson's the only like actual feasible tradable salary. Yeah, Clarkson have. is making thirteen point three million. Oh, I forget he does have the player option, but this next year is his guaranteed year at thirteen point three million. So Grayson at eight point five, and my first first draft, I guess Grayson and Hill. Hill is at four million, so that gets yeah, you perfect. That gets you eight hundred k. It's a legal trade. You add a little bit of tax. But you open up a roster spot. Yeah, I think it's 840k to the to the cap, which is more than that in actual cost. So that is a factor, for sure. But again, to this team's credit, they they've shown that they're going to be spending every single dollar available to them so far this offseason. So we shouldn't we shouldn't doubt them if they've shown it this far. That's true. Ingles give credit where credit is due. Uh, we've we've trashed them in the past. We should give credit when they do something good. That's true. That is fair. Uh, the I think. There's not unless honestly that many other trading tra- a guy like yeah like Pat Connaughton no Brooke well, Lopez, yeah that's no. It. well a lot of these guys aren't even you couldn't even do it until like mid season yeah unless it's Brooke Lopez 
Oh God. Yeah. I mean, that is, that's Not, a tough, tough no for me, dog. Yeah. It's a very, it's a very, yeah. So that's why I'm saying it has to be Grayson. Yeah. Grayson, I, I no. do wonder if it goes bad and he's still in Utah at this point, like Ingalls Hill something is kind of interesting. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. The other option too is – and this – Utah was my destination for him earlier in the summer. Oh, God. <laughs> a war, a sign and trade would, would open up some salary to bring – if you didn't want to send Grayson, depending on what they want to pay Jordan Wara. Yeah, I wish – I can't imagine them going anywhere over 7 mil. Yeah. Do you think they do? I don't, I don't no. think I don't think Wara is getting over 7 mil. No, I bet he's going to get like 5 and – like a non-guaranteed second year. I don't remember exactly how sign and trades work, but I don't think I don't think he's going to see a huge bag. He just has not shown enough. Doesn't sign and trades have to be at least three years or something like that? Yeah, but I don't think they have to be guaranteed. That's fair. Uh, they can't be options, but I think they can be non-guaranteed. So that's that's yeah. how they could essentially more partial. Work. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, framework of a trade. You have to include Grace now. There's no real other option. And this Hill just makes so much sense. Yeah, it's it's sort of like the the Bucks. Whenever whenever there's a trade target, it's like I have one uh, Grayson Allen and George Hill to offer you. What does this get me? <laughs> that is, that's where we're at. I mean, what else are you supposed to do? <laughs> I will say at the deadline, if they don't make a move now, and this may, and you mentioned this earlier, and like the opportunity cost, and to that I always say like, 
You know, you can't you you can't sit on the chips forever when you're contending with Giannis. But I do think it is a fair point to look at the opportunity costs. And you know, if you're getting Clarkson now, you're probably not trading him in February unless things are really bad. It, it's difficult to do so. By the trade deadline, you'll have a six million, six and a half million block in Ingles, who would be tradable. Whatever Serge's amount ends up being, uh, Fanspo hilariously puts it's, it in here. Twelve point six million. I'm gonna guess he's not making twelve point six million. It's two point six. <laughs> yeah, that that makes a, a little bit more sense. Uh, honestly, just not that many contracts though. Why is Jeff Teague still on here? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Ingles is the Ingles gets added in, so that that then you're getting up to like. 19 million instead of 12 and a half million. And then you're able to look at some more interesting players, including uh, Jasmine teammates, Boyan Bogdanovich and Mike Conley. Oh, Mike Conley. Would you rather get uh, Mike Conley than, uh, than Jordan Clarkson? No. Oh, okay. I thought you sounded, I thought that was an intrigued. Oh my God. (laughs) I guess not. It was more like a, what's going on here? Sort of. Sort of no, because he still it's he has a partial guarantee for the next season, but it's still like uh, I'm just waiting for that buyout. I think we probably do see Mike Conley here at some point, but I think it's in a really year. I went bought post buyout. Yeah, that that's very them. That yeah, I guess we, we've got he he it's could a totally significant buyout though. Yeah, but once once you get to the expiring year, I think teams are just like, yeah, who cares? We have to pay him so, anyway. So next season. Yeah, I think it'll be next year. But I, I think for, for the team, you look at it and just a quick general team building thing. Hopefully the Bucks aren't in this situation for quite a while. But it, it, there, really, it, there really is almost no downside because, like, you probably don't care about him playing for you anyway. I mean, this isn't 2K. Teams don't seem to value that, like, having the vet around that much, especially earlier or, like, early mid-rebuild. I feel like they'll they'll cut him loose. They have to pay him either way. They'd probably rather have a roster spot for a young guy. And it, it the agents love it. Or Cody Zeller, who they just signed. I don't know what's That's going what on. Utah, man. Um, well, they they needed a center. They didn't have a center on the they roster. They have uh, Walker Kessler. Walker, yeah, aside from Walker Kessler. Um, have fun have fun guarding Jokic and Anthony Davis. <laughs> Can I just say, I... I'm totally out on the idea of Walker Kessler like guys after watching Giannis and Yorgos Papianis. The center needs to shoot. I was wrong. I'll own it. A here. little, like at least a little. Bit. At least that threatened to shoot. Those lineups were ugly, man. Yeah, you need you need to have some like not might not even be like a prolific three point threat. At least a mid range threat. Yeah, some sort of spacing. Yeah, it's going to be um, a process. Those are really hard players to find. It is. Uh, good thing the Bucks have Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez. Yeah. What do, you, um, what do you think about Rudy Gay? Washed. Yeah. Six million this year. He got full yeah, MLE they thought, from They that. thought he was the answer to be their, at their small ball lineup. They thought a lot of guys are the answer. Um, should we circle back to Crowder for pinging around random well, we players? Should, we should actually talk about this trade. I, I was going to do that after. Oh, okay, okay. Real quick on Crowder. What do you think about – to me, I just look at him and I'm like – the Bucks front court rotation is stacked. Like you pretty much have to play him at the three, which is fine. I think you think so. I think so. I think you he, like him. I th- I would be intrigued with Crowder because you cannot go wrong with more guys like Jay Crowder. Oh wow! I did not. Oh Marquette guy, this makes sense. No, it's not even that. This but makes also, sense. <laughs> but am I am I wrong? Like, do you, if you want to load up on a 
position group, you're going to be wanting to go with defensive-minded wings, right? Yeah. Like, you, you can't – and basically, if you do that, you have your choice of who's hot at the moment. Joe Ingles, uh, Jay Crowder, Pat Connaughton, like, Bochamp. Like, oh, which one of you guys is feeling it from three? Let's throw you out there. I just – at a certain point, I almost feel like it's too many cooks. Not, I don't think that happens with this Bucks team, though. I think we're almost already there, trying to figure out who's going to play out of. I, I guess it's, it's more it's of the, the smaller guys. It's the guys. same roster as it was last year, plus Bochamp, plus and Jingles, plus Bochamp and Ingles. That's the issue. You added two more guys in. Yeah, well, and Bo- I, well, I don't know the how thing. they like, slot Bo- in already. Bochamp is Bochamp's going to be lowest on the totem pole, unfortunately, at least for this year. Probably, uh, yeah. Probably. Well, we'll see how he looks, and we'll see we'll see how Joe Ingles looks as well. But at least there's guys who have proven roles already within the team and we've seen like a guy like Serge Ibaka who knows he's not going to play and be like yeah I'm fine I'll resign yeah Javon Carter didn't have a defined role he's like yeah I'm coming back I do think though there's a lot of overlap for me with Jay and Pat I I just don't know I just think it's I think so- I think you, if, if you want to load up like get that and you don't want to face Jay Crowder so it's Fair. it's like the it's like a You'd rather have him than play against him. And like Calvin agrees with me, Chad. I think I think Crowder fits fits perfectly. Tough defender who can hit threes. I'd trade Grayson in a second for him. Yeah, it's like Jay Crowder, Jay Crowder is the type of playoff performer you want. That's why he's been like yeah. on that he's heat been team in the finals. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately doesn't have a ring to show for it yet. But, change uh, that. Eugene says I like the player Crowder. I hate the person. I think he's the kind of guy you love on your team. Yeah, for sure. He's that he's that scrappy. He's like Delhi. I, I was. He's almost more to me like. I mean, the scra- I think people hate him almost less for the scrappiness than they do for like. Why does Jay Crowder have twenty four points right now? That shouldn't happen. That's that's what pisses me off about Jay Crowder. Boss man nine nine is boss man. He always has that one game. Jason said, "If we didn't have West, yeah, I think West and Jay are alike. And I think that's almost good." It's I like, didn't even say West Matthews when I was listing the guys. It's yeah. just more dogs. A West yeah, and Jay lineup like the dog. The dog component is off the charts Wes Wes Jay and Drew in the same line oh my god okay I'm in yeah yeah I, I yeah. do want that I do want that like what are you what are you doing against that here's the new lineup here's the new death lineup or it's not the death lineup here's John, the new dog no lineup. sorry I don't want to interrupt you John no large Marge is not a thing it's Drew Wes Bochamp Jay Giannis that lineup is like a thousand percent, just like defense doggedness. Okay, I'm in on Jay. Yeah, I'm probably more in on Jay than Clarkson, honestly. Would the Suns yeah. trade Jay Crowder to the Bucks? He clearly does not want to play there. That's been very made very very obvious. I mean, I don't I don't see why not. Yeah, Eugene was uh, with Brooke in there too. That'd be really fun as well. Drew West, Jay, Giannis, Brooke. The shooting, the spacing, like offense is going to be an issue. Yeah, for that lineup. Um, but um, if he, if Jay's hitting, it, he's feeling it. He can space out. I wonder, could he be a potential starter? He could be. That's the thing. Like, like he's you move Chris to the two, kind of. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's fun. How old is Jay Crowder? Thirty-one, thirty-two. I want to say thirty-two. Just turned thirty-two in July, so not not too old. Yeah. Oh, the Cody Zeller thing just happened. Oh, I didn't yeah, realize you meant just happened. <laughs> uh, Bomb. But Jay, Jay Crowder, I think, 
Like if you if we want to target a guy, I'm targeting Jay Crowder over Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, I mean, I think the problem is if something did happen to Chris again and things are happening to Chris at an unfortunate frequency lately, he doesn't really help you with the issue you run into then. Like, he's not going to get you a bucket. Like, he's going to score, but he's not not going to create buckets. So at that point, it's like – and I don't think this is a bad bet. I think this is what they've done, right? Is like we're going to rely on Hill getting healthy if he's not in the trade, which is still possible. Ingles getting healthy, and I think if he pl- if he looks good, he will add a lot offensively. He will for create sure. offense for sure. more for others than himself, and for Bochamp to be able to do some some of that. Which I think probably year one, probably not so much creating offense, but down the road maybe he certainly has a lot of upside. Yeah, it does. Yeah, you're, you're number one W. I'm right? all You've been smiling all summer thinking about Marjan Bochamp. Okay, oh, Joe yeah. Ingles trade. Jordan Clarkson trade. Yes, yeah, sorry. Um, Jordan Clarkson trade. I'm getting my Jazz men confused. And was it was Jay Crowder on the Jazz at one point too? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, that was Grayson Allen. True. And George Hill? No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Jazz have had a lot of guys in and out of there. Um, okay, so we've talked about it. it. Pretty much has to be Grayson and Hill. That that's just the one that makes the most sense. The question is then, what is the sweetener? For Utah, because clearly, like you're, they're not, they're getting off of maybe some long-term money depending on Clarkson's option, but probably not, quite honestly. So you're taking on another year of Grayson, which is not a net negative, I don't think, but it, it's not really a net positive for Utah either. Because why do they care? They're rebuilding. They don't want to win games. They've made that abundantly clear. We know what they want. They want future assets. They want draft picks. They I think also, Utah would like Grayson Allen. Though. I don't. I don't think they care that much. I think the people do. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, yeah, he probably would get butts in seats. Grayson Allen, Walker Kessler pick and rolls are going to have that fan base in a frenzy. Um, but That for, first lob's going to hit different. For, for a trade package, um, you're obviously going to need to throw something in. So the two uh, – the two – Jared Vanderbilt uh, – we'll, we'll get back to more targets in a second, uh, Sal. So. You're going to have to throw something in. They want picks – or, as they've demonstrated in both of their big deals so far, players yet to play on their rookie contracts. So the Bucks do have one of those in Marjan Bochamp. I do think we chatted a little bit yeah, before they have, the they show. They have two. Don't, don't, don't sleep on A.J. Green, man. Fair enough. I mean, honestly, a real question is Mamu, is Mamu a real sweetener? At that? I didn't even thought of that. That's an interesting thing. He to, might be. To they, do need, they just signed Cody Zeller, so they might be looking. I, they're just taking swings now. So Mamu is probably a legitimate. Cody Zeller is not a swing. No, I'm. I, oh, I meant generally. No. I meant generally. I did not mean with Zeller. Um, I, I don't think I don't think positions matter. Like if they had ten centers, they would trade for a promising young center just because that's where they're at. They're at Thunder territory of like let's just find good cheap players. So you could throw in Bochamp, and we agreed before the pod that is like the nuclear option for trades. That I think is pretty clearly. The Bucks' best future asset, which when you're talking to teams like the Jazz, that's all that matters. Like you throw in, obviously, doesn't make sense in this in this construct. But like, hey, how about Chris Middleton? The Jazz are like, yeah, we don't really care, man. Like Chris Middleton is not going to be that helpful to us when we're ready to compete. He's not going to help us compete right now in the West by himself. Doesn't matter. So the Bucks' assets, it's almost like the old like Western, like your money's not good here. Like the Bucks' money that's good in Utah is Bochamp and then draft picks. So they have a few incoming seconds, I think two that look actually decent, including 
a 24 from Portland. That's unprotected. That's actually – that's an eye emoji pick with you know everything going on with Portland. And then Indy's 2025 second, which maybe they're a little better by then, but not a bad pick by any means. They also have a few of their own seconds and the Bucks' 2029 first round pick. So first off, I guess to get into this convo, I almost think it makes more sense to rank those assets and then determine our line of what's the most we would give up for Jordan Clarkson. So I think Bochamp first easily, but where do you go from there if you agree with that? I do agree that uh, it has to be it has to be Bochamp number one, right? Like he, he's a talented wing who's still young, still got a lot of room to develop. He's he's the Bucks' first first round pick in years. He, he's number one. He's number one for sure. Like without without a doubt. If you want after that in terms of picks, it's I'm tempted to say it one of the Bucks' first round picks purely because it's a first round pick. Yeah, but also that that Portland pick. Like obviously, like you, you have to say it's a first round pick, right? Yeah, well, they they only have the one, I believe. I think it's twenty nine. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. All right. What about twenty eight? Uh, they owe twenty seven in New Orleans, so they can't trade. Oh, so they can't trade twenty. Yeah, they yeah. can't. They, they'll have picks every other year. They just can't trade them now. Yeah. So right uh-huh. now, I think they can trade. It's the seven draft rule. The seventh draft from now is twenty nine. They should be able to trade that pick. Yep. So they can trade 29. That's probably number two, considering that who knows what the Bucks look like in 2029. I agree. That's clearly how teams feel. That's why New Orleans wanted all those Bucks picks. You know, even if they keep Giannis, they clearly have like this inflection point with Drew and Chris coming up. I think Utah would be very interested in potentially even more than Bochamp. But let's just look at it from our perspective for now. I agree with you. I think the 2029 first is the second if you include Mamu, do you still feel that way? If you include Mamu, yes, I still feel that way. So you, you would rather give up Mamu than the 2029 first? Correct. I think that's hard to say because of our attitude has generally been like, who cares about picks? We're trying to win a championship. But I do think the road to Mamu helping substantially with that is just a tough one to navigate, even if he was very impressive in EuroLeague. Yeah, ex- exactly. Like, it's, it's, I feel like I'm almost falling into the trap of like, it could be anything. It could be a boat sort of thing uh, for that yeah. pick. I mean, they, they also, just used a pick and got Marjan Bochamp. So there's a chance exactly. they could use that pick and get a player that we really end up like. We haven't seen him play yet. That's the caveat, but they, they yeah. could use the pick quite well. Yeah. Like, the, this, this kid's 11 years old. <laughs> also, I think I just generally like, the Bucks have gotten pretty good value out of first in the last two. I mean, again, we'll see with Bochamp, but like Dante was a starter. I love, I love how you didn't say three. <laughs> no, no, I did not say three. I am rooting for you, DJ. <laughs> I'm pretty indifferent. But uh, but no, it's Bochamp then the pick, then Mamu. I would say. Yeah, and then and then the second, the Portland second. Yeah, which I I think that's fair. I would agree with that. I think generally most things the Bucks do, I would imagine they'll end up having to do some sort of a smorgasbord of seconds. But I think it'll depend yeah. which ones and how we feel. Like Sort of similar to the Miritich trade. Yeah, yeah. Like generally, I think they'll probably just try to throw this 2023 second. It's the worst of Cleveland and Golden State's 2023 seconds. I think there's a pretty low shot that's anywhere above the 50s. 
So I think you you try and throw that in right away. I don't know. The Bucks have like, kind of liked picking back there, so maybe they'll just keep that and make some. They dumb love pick. taking the last pick in the draft. They do. They're, they'll, they'll they'll only trade this if one of those teams is is not the the worst or the best team in the league. Um, but that that is like a valueless pick. You can buy picks there. A lot of the there's a pretty good chance if you wanted to pick someone at 56 that they'll go undrafted anyway. I mean, there's some value in having a late pick, but asset wise. That's the the lowest of the first. I'd probably say I'd agree with you. The twenty four from Portland is the best, and then either Milwaukee's twenty three, which won't be good, but it's still it's sooner. And I think I don't know how much how I don't know how fired up teams get about twenty twenty five seconds, right? But Utah is a team that would probably be like, yeah, sure, we'll take that. And maybe it's maybe we get lucky and it's thirty six, and we're really happy with that. Um, so I, I, maybe even actually now that I say that, maybe the later Milwaukee seconds are good. Maybe teams are like, actually, can we get your 2027 second round pick? But we don't have to rank every second rounder. I think that the, the general point is that they have a Bochamp, they have a first, they have Mamu they could trade in terms of young future assets, and then quite a few second rounders. So actually a lot of flexibility there for the Bucks. So now that we've established that, where is the line that you're drawing for how much would you give up for Clarkson? Like the bare not, minimum is like one of the 23 seconds, which will both be bad. And the max on the other end is Bochamp. So not giving up, not giving up, uh, not giving up Bochamp. Agreed. Not giving up the first. That's what I'm, I got to think about that more. You keep going. I'm not giving up. Yeah. Not giving up Bochamp, not giving up the first, the first again, seven years in the future. Is, are you real? Like that's that's probably in most teams' eyes your most valuable trade asset right now. If you're the Bucks, are you giving that up for again, like what we talked about earlier? Maybe not even a massive upgrade for your team. And the issue is, you'd have to wait like another two years to have any first to trade. Yeah. So it's not even just like a this trade deadline thing. Like they, this is this is it for uh, two years. Yeah, unless they like somehow acquire a first, or who knows what'll happen. But yeah, they will not have very many of those. So for sure, not doing that. I but guess if, we, we're, if we're doing Mamu and second round picks, yeah, sure, go for you it. You can. I, we sh- it's probably worth including. They can start trading swap rights again too. That's something in twenty eight. That's really all they have. People are. You're not making that. You're not making trades for swaps. You swaps would it's be like added a onto in. something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. I'm drawing the line at that second or at that 2029 first round pick. So no Bochamp, no first round pick. Otherwise, Mamu second round picks. That's fair game. I think I agree. The chat is wow, 80 percent yes to trading for Jordan Clarkson. Even as and I think you've won, which is funny because we thought coming in this would be easy for me. I think you've done better than I have in convincing about this. Let's actually do a follow. Let's see if we can get more of a consensus here. Can I add a poll? Oh, maybe I can't add a poll. I could. I'll end it. I'll end it and do a new one. So, um, like, ahead. here's the thing, though. If we're both in agreements that we're drawing the line at the same, we're not including that first-round pick, does Utah do this trade? So that, yeah. So I lo- first, I want, let me do my offer. Yeah. Or I guess our offer, because it sounds like we're pretty much in you, line. We offer blank, and you receive blank. That mean? Yeah, sure. No, yeah. Uh, no I, I got you. I'm, I'm hip. Like, Mamu and the Portland second? In, in addition to Grayson Allen and George Hill. Yeah, 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 of course. I'd probably do that. I'd I, do that. I'm not I'm that. not giving up all the seconds and Mamu. 
No. I would do one highly rated second and Mamu and the other stuff. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it's more likely Utah would take two seconds. Let's just say See, the here, incoming the thing, seconds. I don't, I don't know if Utah is going to do that one because they are clearly, clearly in desperate asset accumulation mode. Yeah. As we saw with the Gobert trade where they got, I think, three picks, Walker Kessler and three swaps. You go the same thing for Donovan Mitchell trade. You get uh, Oshea Baji, you get three picks, three swaps. If the Bucks aren't including a first-round pick, I think they could get a better offer from somewhere else. Especially if you look at a team like the Lakers, who have two first-round picks they can trade now. Yeah. If you can get one of those for Jordan Clarkson, who I think would be very, very helpful for the Lakers, like good, good fit for the Lakers, like a dynamic guard. Is he going to be a good defender? No, but who else in the guard rotation is going to be a good defender? It's not like he's going to be standing out in that regard. Yeah. Uh, so I I do think he would be a better option in terms of uh, like the Lakers could probably get a better offer purely because they're going to be willing to trade a first round pick. Yeah, I mean the problem with the Lakers is they have yet to actually do any of those trades, and I don't know if they will at this point ever. And they also the, the, their issue is the Russ thing, right? Like they they likely if they do if they trade Russ, they need to use their first to offset the cost of a team taking Russ. That's that's yeah. The I think issue. They, I think there was like a three team trade that was like discussed between is it Indiana, Lakers, Indiana, and uh, Utah? Yeah, yeah, which makes sense. I mean, this Indiana is another one of those teams. They just don't have as much that's that's all that appealing. Quite honestly, if vets left or at least in the price range. Aside um, from Buddy Heald and Miles Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. Yeah, and Miles Turner is does space the floor. I'm still very unenthused by him generally, but... I you mean, think he'd be better by now. Yeah, but the Bucks don't need a an all-star in that spot. That's true. We've seen. That's true. I, I'm kind of circling back there. Maybe that'll be our next pod, should they trade for Miles Turner for the 94th time. But I, I think they probably get outbid. I think the question there, though, is like, would Clarkson even be the guy that the Lakers take back from the Jazz? Because they need more size. They have. Do they? I think so. I mean, they have Russ. Yeah, they probably. have Patrick Beverly. They just got. Um, who'd they sign from? They signed a guard too with their MLE, didn't they? Or am I, am I Lonnie Walker? Yeah, they just got Lonnie Walker, who I think is more My of a guy. guard. I thought they have even another. Who's the other irritant that I'm thinking of that I thought was smaller? Pat Russ, Dennis Schroeder. Schroeder, of course. Yeah, Schroeder. Oh, yeah. Duh. So, yeah, I, I, I don't. Like, I know you said, you know, Clarkson fits in. None of them play defense except kind of Pat Bev. But, you know, that's a lot of guys under 6'4. I think they need a wing player. Like, I think that's for Milwaukee. You have to bank on other teams being more interested in, I mean, really just Bogdanovich. Maybe, maybe someone wants Malik Beasley. I don't know. Maybe. But I but think like, Bogdanovich is, is, and Bogdanovich is, like, I think better. Yeah, probably. Easier fit, but also harder to make the money work. Yeah. Could could you see like a team like the Raptors jump in for Jordan Clarkson? No. no. Not six foot nine. That's true. He's not. He, they won't Can't play it. center for them. I wonder with the Heat. Heat might. There's they a lot of overlap them. there with Hero though. Hero though. That's true. Or they trade Tyler Hero. Yeah, it's possible. I don't know if that'd be with the Jazz. Not anymore. No, they, maybe maybe I mean, at one point. He's the sec- he thinks he's the second coming of Jesus. But he'd probably do too. But I blame Jack like, Harlow for that. 
Yeah, we can blame Jack Harlow for a lot of things. <laughs> uh, if it, like who who are another who are other teams that could get involved that maybe missed out? Like who who was in the like would you the Suns maybe? Like could you see them getting involved? Not in for Clarkson. Clark? Yeah, it's, they're more a bogey team. Yeah. And I think somebody who actually, where was it in the chat? Um, somebody put together a smart Venkat, uh, J three teamer involving the jazz. So the Suns get Bojan stuff goes to Utah and the bucks get, uh, Crowder. Could work. Yeah. I think that's, that's fairly interesting. Yeah. Or could you see a team, uh, like the Grizzlies get involved for Jordan Clarkson? Maybe. Did they re-sign Tyus Jones? They did, didn't yes. they? I, I don't know. I don't know how many teams are excited about Clarkson. I guess we'll find out when, if he gets traded. Yeah. You know, he makes, you know what team he makes sense on? Hmm. Not maybe for basketball. Like, just in terms of basketball aura, the Nets. Yeah. Like, can you imagine him on a team with KD, Kyrie, TJ Warren? Cam Thomas. Cam Thomas, yeah. That's the five. Just no, zero passes per 100 possessions. It's a new new NBA record. Uh, <laughs> but, like, I, I do think if that's the Bucks' best offer is Grayson Allen, George Hill, or their best offer that they're willing to Yeah, do. yeah. They, 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 Grayson they, Allen, George Hill, Mamu, and a highly rated second from Portland. Yeah. I think that can get outbid. I think it's more likely to get accepted in February if there's no market, but I agree that Utah's in no rush, so they'd probably just hold for now. Like this is yeah, not they prob- probably shut him down. And I don't think they have to shut him down. I mean, maybe recoup some trade. Don't risk anything in terms of trade building. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Yeah. Wow, I really expected to come out of this very gung ho about Jordan Clarkson, and I still see the upside, but it does seem like the right mix of the offer is not totally there for both sides and he's just not the perfect fit yeah and it's not worth making a big trade to go get a player who might not be the best fit like when when have we ever seen the bucks do that theoretically like the big trades that they've made drew holiday obvious great fit perfect fit. yeah uh these these are not on the same level obviously i'm just listing big trades like Miritich, theoretically yeah. good, practically bad. I still stand by it, and that was a good trade. Yeah. Uh, what other in the Bud era? We'll say in the horse Bud era. Well, Bud so. Oh, was that that was before? Yeah, that was that was the kid era. Uh, they've like moved around Tory Craig. I think, actually, no, they just sent him out. Right, they never traded for him. Yeah, they got PJ Tucker. That was an yeah. obvious fit. That's true, and we know. I, I don't. I don't think he violates the no assholes rule. I don't think he's a no Clarkson. No, I don't think. So. I don't think. I don't think he doesn't fit personality wise, but scheme wise, I see. I see no reason. No, I think. I think he would fit in well as a person. Yeah. but I think if by all accounts seems like a good dude. Yeah, the asking price has to be low enough, though. Yeah, what other trades? Serge Ibaka theoretically a good fit. Yeah. I still think that was more about by Dante, but true. Yeah, and getting picks. Yeah. Recouping but, value but, for Dante. That's what that but, trade was. But my, my point is the Bucks do not make trades unless there's a clear and obvious fit. Yeah. With Clarkson, there's no clear and obvious fit. 
Yeah, I, I also just think this Bucks team right now is just in such wait-and-see mode because we don't know what healthy George Hill could look like. We don't know what Bochamp will look like. We don't know what Joe Ingles will look like. And there's just so many variables in terms of, you know, they, they maybe they will have more shot creation than we thought, or maybe they won't. So it probably is more likely that if he's still around, I think a deal happens in February. That's fair. I think that's I think that's fair. Um, do you want to talk a little bit more uh, about Jay Crowder? How much does Jay Crowder make? It's like what, like ten, eleven? Uh, I'm pulling it up right now. Jay Crowder makes ten point one, and he's expiring. So again, that you'd be able to retain him if he wanted to stay and you wanted to pay him, because I think he's on at least a three year deal, and you could at least pay him. You can always at least pay a guy what they made the last season. Yep, he was he was on a three year deal. So you could you could you could keep him if it works out and he wants to stay. So let's look. If it was Bogey to Suns, Crowder to Bucks, so the Suns would have to send more money to presumably Utah because Bogey's on nineteen point five, so it's like a nine million dollar difference. But I mean, Dario Saric, who played poorly in Eurobasket. And Landry Shamit are both right there, making between nine and ten. So I think let's just throw one. Let's just I guess Sarich because he's on a shorter deal. I think the Suns value Sarich more. Really? I think so. Because I guess he, they don't have he's, that he's a, many he's a small bigs. Ball five. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot they lost Kaminsky, but they yeah. got Jock Lawn Lawndale. Oh god. Um. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll put in. Uh, I'll put in Shamit. Yeah. You know what? You know what I did like a, a month ago when I was I was busy. I was working on stuff. I was like, yeah, let me watch something in the background. I put on uh, Suns Mavs Game Seven. Oh god! <laughs> it was one. It was, it was just as entertaining the second time around. And two, Landry Shaman came in and was actually getting buckets. I will say that I could not be more out on Landry Shamit, the NBA player. What's up, I'll Michael? tell you what, Landry Shamit and Javon Carter were traded for each other once, uh, once upon a time. That is true. Uh, I found a pretty much perfect trade. Okay, let's hear it. The Bucks do pick up cap. They're the one team who adds $1.6 So from that perspective, not perfect, but they could Which make... around like probably like $5 million or something. Yeah, so it's kind of significant. But uh, this is not with picks and stuff. We can add those in. But the Suns get Bojan... The Jazz get Grayson Allen, Landry Shamit, and presumably picks from both teams. The Bucks get Jay Crowder. I think that works. I think that works for all teams involved. Yeah. So let's say. Does Danny Ainge have any uh, uh, like bad blood with anyone in the Suns organization or in the Bucks organization? Like James Jones? Did he have a dust up with James Jones at some point? I don't think those playing careers overlap. So I'm no, gonna hope not. not I'm gonna hope not. Uh, Monty Williams. If anyone has a dust up with Monty Williams, you you are at fault. It's Jay not Crowder. Fault. Jay Crowder's about to, it seems. <laughs> well, how many picks does it take for Utah to say yes to this? Uh probably uh, probably four seconds. Four sec do you think they you think four seconds they say okay? I think so. Actually, you know, they think the issue here, like I wonder if the the Suns probably don't want to give up as much here. As the Bucks, because they have to give up a rotation player. I guess two if you count Shamit. The Bucks might have to do the heavy Sh- lifting Sh- on Sh- that. Shamit's not really a real rotation. Player. Well, true. 
He might have to be if campaign continues to not play basketball well. But that's more of a son's problem than anything else. Exactly. Um, and you get off more long-term money with Shamit because he's on a four-year deal for some reason. Yeah, I don't. I feel like he signed like five long-term contracts. Already. I, how does this keep happening? I don't. Are know. they getting voided? Like, what's going on? I don't understand. I don't, I don't, Landry know. I don't know. He, career. He, he keeps getting long-term contracts, and guys like Javon Carter are on the fringes. It's pretty crazy. It's it's ridiculous. But um, I I don't think the Suns really have to throw in like a lot because, like in in terms of they're they're giving up on long-term money in Shamit. They're getting a, off a guy who doesn't want to be there in a boss man 9-9. And they're getting a guy who they probably covet in Boyan Bogdanovich. Yeah. So it's, it's, all about, it's all about the Jazz. I think the what Jazz would need to, at least a little bit, like Grayson and Shamit. And think, they like Grayson. And think at the very least, like we could flip them. I think that's yeah. got to be their mindset. Like they get three, four second round picks, whatever. And they also get to say, we'll trade Grace in a year from now. We'll trade Shamit in two years. And it's like, just get more assets. They also, they save cap this year, which I'm sure they'll, they'll like after spending a lot of money the last couple of years to not win any meaningful playoff games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do we got in chat? Ben Kitt says, I think a first from the Suns and a couple of seconds from the Bucks. I don't know if the Suns are going to be willing to give up a first, but who knows with this front office? I think they have more, but that doesn't mean they're more likely they have to all their They have all their picks, all their swaps, don't they? Uh, yeah, I they, think they that's have everything. Correct. Yeah. I mean, that'd be really nice if they did. I don't know if they would do that and give up Jay Crowder, though. Yeah, probably not. Unless I mean I wonder if there's some way to move it around so they're getting more. Can you of a can you get upgrade. the can you get those four second round picks and transform them into a first somehow? By <laughs> like a fourth. So you like like on two K like the exchange, you just turn in four <laughs> seconds, you get one first. How about this? Just, what if what if uh, Phoenix says we're out on campaign? He actually stinks. Everyone on Earth was right when they said that five years ago, and they include campaign and they get Jordan Clarkson. They could have the double upgrade. Then that's that's I think that's too big of a trade. Why? Why do the jazz the jazz don't care? I think the jazz want to recoup more value than that. Like if you're trading away Jordan Clarkson and Boyan Bogdanovich, who are your two best trade chips remaining, and all you're getting is Grace now and George Hill, Mamu and some No seconds. George. They don't they don't have to take George in this. Okay, so Grace and Allen and Mamu and some seconds? Grayson, Campaign, Landry, Shamit, four seconds. I don't think that's enough. You think Utah's saying no? What if Phoenix Utah throws in a first? What if Phoenix throws in a first in that deal? I think then yes. That, I think that's possible. I think I if you're yeah, Phoenix, it's, it's more like it's more likely if Phoenix throws in a first. But I think I think it's possible Phoenix would do that if you're saying we like Crowder, but he wants to leave and he's old. Campaign is not good. Landry Shamit's not very good. We throw in one first-round pick. We swap out a malcontent and two not-good players on longish deals for two probable upgrades this year. And, you know, how long is, is Chris Paul going to be a plus player? We'll see. He's under contract for a while. But you get a better run this year with Clarkson and Bogdanovich. It's, it's only three years. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the issue with uh, – I think the issue is not going to be contract for Chris Paul, I think. It's going to be age, but yeah, dang, he's going to be making 
thirty million. Well, here's the thing: like he has three years and then a non-guaranteed year. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think that's going to get guaranteed at thirty million dollars for thirty-nine-year-old Chris Paul. I'm going to guess no. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to guess no. And he he only has a fifteen point eight mil guaranteed on the twenty three twenty four season. That's what so things the, get interesting. Yeah, it is. It could only be two more years of full Chris Paul and the Suns. The Suns are at like kind of like an, kind of like the Bucks. They're coming up on an inflection point in their franchise, but it's much sooner, and everything is much worse. Yeah. No title, no no top five superstar, top one superstar right now. Your old guys are 35 or whatever, 36 instead of 30, 30, 31. And you have one less of them. And most of your team hates you. I mean, you have Aiden who doesn't want to be there. Crowder who doesn't want to be there. Guys are either on terrible contracts, don't want to be there, or are basically like CP3, Bridges, and... and, uh, Oh, and your owner is... uh, Yeah, and, and Sarver is your owner. Yeah. And you have that looming over it. Not not fun to be a Phoenix Suns fan. Shout out to shout out to Mike and Sam. Uh, yeah, the timeline. <laughs> the timeline. Time. I I think they, they probably have to save the chips and do something more drastic than this. Honestly, what what could be more drastic though? Wait till someone comes available and send all like, the picks. Like KD would have like been they perfect. tried to do with KD. I, I mean, I think they kind of have to wait until the next guy. Wait till uh, someone blows it up and try to get that guy. I think honestly, I think that's where they're at. Because I, you, how many margin moves can you make around? At, at a certain point, it's like just Devin Booker, and if they, even if they're elite role players, it's just role players. And Aiton. That's what um, I know. That's I included him in that. Why wow, he's an elite role uh, player? He's not a star. Uh, okay, I think I think correct in terms of what he's shown and what he's been able to do in his role. I think he can be better. Maybe. Can be more. He's just ha- hasn't had the opportunity and hasn't shown. I I think he's shown a lot. I just think it's it's elite role player stuff. Jay Crowder with big I lose in the finals energy from Kelp. Wow, this is I mean, uh this Kelp must be uh anti LeBron. It's good to get there, Kelp. It's not easy to get there. <laughs> Two years in a row. He t- he tweeted like a uh it's, I think Stat News tweeted like Jay Crowder has more career playoff points than like X players and included that were Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis. Oh, and then he wow. quote tweeted that and he was like, I'd, I'd rather have the rings that Drew and AD took from me. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Crowder said that? Yeah, Jay Crowder said that. Wow. In all That's caps, in, fun. in boss man of course. style. He yeah. is a hilarious character. It's so good. <laughs> can we do Can we do a, a cancel check? There, there's nothing. There's nothing bad on the Wikipedia, is there? I hope not. Let's say let's let's assume. Let's do that. last last thing. This has now become the Jay Crowder podcast. I don't think so. I feel like he's just boss man. Yeah, personal boss life. Oh, what's personal life? Oh, his father played in the NBA. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. No, this is fun. Fine. Let's go. No crimes. Let's go. Uh, what do we got? Jay Jay to Milwaukee. Wore a sign and trade. Hill, Mamu, Tory Craig, and any. Oh, Tory Craig's getting involved in a Bucks deal again. It's just this is very complicated. I just a war assignment that is a the war assignment trait note is is a good a good flag because I do think let's talk about that quick to wrap up here because we're gonna get a resolution. I can look up the exact date, but something like October one. If something's not finalized, he just becomes like a restricted I, free agent until next year. 
I can't imagine they do like they go into a preseason game with that still hanging over. Also, agree, that's another good. Yeah. And like, how how is it not? But they have media. Is he going to be at media day? I, I think media it's hilarious. Days on Saturday, people people are saying like, "Oh, we're going to get answers on media day." What do you mean? We're, we're not going to get any answers on media. You think John well, Horst I mean, is going to be like, "Oh yeah, we're we're actually just about to trade him." Thanks for asking. No, like if if Jordan War is there, he won't be there if he's not. I mean, we'll know if, if, he, if they sign him. If he oh, is there, if everyone just heard a noise, that's that's my bad. I control F and typed it in wrong. Sorry. If we if we do see Jordan War on media day, that means he signed his qualifying offer. Yes, or a different deal with the Bucks, which yes. I find unlikely, well, but very unlikely. Yeah, uh, and it just hasn't been reported that he signed his qualifying offer, which is my which is my uh, gout. Like uh, that's is my that conspiracy your, theory. Your conspir- that's not a bad conspiracy. My, theory my non my non sourced conspiracy theory, just pure speculation, is that Jordan Wara has actually signed his qualifying offer, but it just hasn't been reported anywhere, and the Bucks haven't announced it for some reason. Yeah. So a quick refresher on. The situation with Wara is they offered him the t- they tendered him the qualifying offer, which we didn't expect because he never played and projects to play even less next season. He actually did play a decent amount uh, last KD year. KD introductory press. That, that's that right up your If that right. happens, if that you know what that's my that's my new conspiracy theory. Um, but they they tender the qualifying offer, which means he's a restricted free agent. He can sign that at any time. It's a one year deal for. Two million ish, I think, dollars. This one one year deal this coming season. Then he hits unrestricted free agency. Once we got past a certain date in July, I want to say, the Bucks were no longer able to unilaterally pull that qualifying offer. So now it's totally in Wara's court if he wants to sign that or not. My suspicion all along was he was waiting on Mitchell and KD things to resolve. And then looking to have a team either sign into an offer sheet or a sign and trade with the Bucks for him. The Bucks cannot take back any players who are being signed and traded, but they can send one. That's just fine as long as the team would not be above the apron, uh, and you know the Utah would certainly not be. So that still hasn't happened, and Donovan Mitchell is resolved, and KD is also resolved. Worth saying at least for now. The Jazz are working to trade some of these guys. So maybe there could be a Jordan Clarkson trade that involves the Bucks, even if they don't get him. If Wara goes out and something comes back, we'll see uh, what that would look like. Could just be a trade exception and draft picks, although I don't know if Utah would want Jordan Wara that badly. Uh, Indy's an option, too. There's not that many teams with cap space and roster space left, but he's kind of just floating. But he can sign a one-year deal whenever he wants, or he can try and find something elsewhere. And the assumption has been... There's still something else going on. Horace said this like months ago now. And also, if there's not, why not just sign the offer sheet? Because it's a guaranteed one-year contract. I mean, there's, he hasn't still a while to do it at this point. But it's just very strange that he's still floating there all these months later. I mean, it was like him and Colin Sexton for a while. But now Sexton's situation has also been resolved. So here we are. It's really, it's really crazy. I, I, yeah. can, I did not expect this to be the last missing piece. I expected like the KD contract details, like and that trade to be finalized with the Bucks. Like that, that, that's what I thought was going to be the loose hanging threads for the Bucks offseason. Like they were just going to wait to make the trade official and everything. Yeah, but no, Jordan Wara, just wild. I wonder if like, I wonder if the Jazz getting Sexton killed that possibility. It might have. Because, like, how many how many young – they already have Malik, Be- Malik Beasley. Like, how many young bucket getters do you want if you're in Utah? 
Yeah, and they still technically have Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, true. Yeah, at least for now. Um, and then, you know, the the Nets got TJ Warren and already have Cam Thomas, and they, they don't need really another guy who just scores, right? Like, they, they have enough of those guys. So I don't really know what the team is. I think Indiana kind of looms to me as an option. But, like, why? I mean, it's a young player. They could use more scoring, and there's some overlap with Duarte there, but... They need young players. They're rebuilding around Tyrese Halliburton. They have yeah. Mathurin now too, though. Yeah, yeah. Good old Ben Matt. Um, Someone random like the Knicks or the Knicks in the tax? Probably now with all their, their signings. Yeah. I, it's it's just tough to see. My guess, if I had to guess right now, I'd say he signs a, signs a qualifying roster. Yeah, I think that's that's becoming the most – I mean, we're, we're at a point where rosters are just getting firmed up. There's no room anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Bucks are like the one of the only teams with an open roster spot. And for it's now. probably gonna be for Jordan War. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But uh yeah. Do we do we have anything else we need to talk about today? I don't think so. Um Jay Crowder barely edged out uh Clarkson. It, it was just below. I think Clarkson ended up at like seventy nine percent, but Crowder is at eighty three percent. So we'll end up. Guess that I'm just uh, I'm good at my job tie. You are. You're the you're the big winner here. Let's see. It was 83% for Crowder, 78 for Clarkson. So I'll, I'll say it. I'll, I'll declare you the winner of this podcast, Rohan. I think. Thank you. I you know, no, I, we're, we're all winners. Tom. We're all. Unless the Bucks make a bad trade, then we're all losers. Yep. Except for the people who traded with the Bucks. Yeah, it's true. Someone's got to win. And let's let it be all of us. What, what am I even saying at this point in time? I don't uh, know. should have stopped me. One last note. How about this to okay. close on before we get to the outro? We're still overall quite happy with the Bucks team building over the last few years and where it's For culminated sure. to right now. And it's totally fine if they and you and maybe now me feel like let's not upset it for Jordan Clarkson before we even get a look at this squad. And especially because this is this is the run it back team personified, right? That's like, true. That's a great they literally, point. They literally have brought everyone back so far except for Jordan Wara, who still might come back. Yeah. Like every single one of the free agents they've retained – so far, this this team it's it's like it's Paul George in Oklahoma City, except he's not going to leave for LA when it's it's unfinished. <laughs> it's business. not a good example. I said except he's not going to leave. For LA. <laughs> it's still not. It's not good. It's um, Spurs energy. It's 2014 Spurs energy. Yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. that's a better example. Yeah, it I'm is. just thinking. Of, I'm just thinking of his Instagram post with the roster both smoking cigars. It's like it was a cool business. moment. It was a cool yeah. That, moment. that was a cool moment. My get, you want to know my other conspiracy theory? Oh boy! Is that Paul Paul George re-signed with OKC because he was banned from going for the Lakers for tampering? I don't know. Oh, Kelp ruined all the vibes. No, uh, wrap it. Now let's go. Wrap it. <laughs> We're done. Number Ooh. thirty-seven lives. Uh, thank you. Oh my God! I saw the Utah Jazz in a in a tweet. I thought we just got. Oh, could you imagine what was the tweet? Oh, a two-way, uh, two-way Michael, contract with Micah Potter. They got Harry Potter on a two-way. <laughs> the Jazz are busy today. It's kind they of are. Can you imagine we do this and like an hour later they trade? That would <laughs> like be some... that. That was number thirty-seven. That would be classic us. Uh, it might happen. Stay tuned. We might come with. <laughs> yeah, we might be live bodies. again. Yeah, if something happens. But thank you, everyone who's tuned in. Yeah, and who's been listening, been watching. It's been fun. Uh, Shout out to everyone who's been in the chat. 
Uh, it's been a fun time. Thanks for listening. Uh, do, you, do you guys like this? Or we should try and do live pods more often. Yeah, we should. It was fun. Yeah, everyone let us know. The listeners who got to tune in, I guess the watchers who got to tune in, let us know if you liked it. And always you can chime in in the Discord and everywhere else you find us, gspn.info for uh, GSPN. all the links. gspn.info. Make sure you're subscribed also if you're by oh, the yeah. way here. You know, what, you know what I forgot? I watch a lot of live pods. They always tell people. They always make everyone click the thumbs up so we can go viral. Next time, we got to make sure early everybody smashes that thumbs up. We can go viral and become like rich, rich guys. Buy the bucks. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you leave a thumbs up. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, thanks for listening. Pod Random, and we will talk to you next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.